Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we are wrapping up our bike park series. This is part four where we've called it getting comfortable and advanced at parks. Today we're talking about advanced protection that some of y'all wear like chest protectors, neck braces. We're talking about crashes, what you do when you crash in the middle of the trail. When to call it quits, you know, your body's going to tell you like, is it time to call it quits? Should I listen to my body or should I push it? as well as racing and how you can get into racing. So some of those key points we're going to talk about today. Stick around. Let us know what y'all think. And as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Go on YouTube and watch us there. And don't forget to leave us a comment. Tell us what you think or if there's something you want to listen to or watch the next time we're trying to do one of our series. Stick around and enjoy. Hello and welcome everyone to the Women's MTB Network podcast. I'm Mia and I'm going to be your host. Our podcasts are about sharing information on all things mountain bikes from a woman's perspective. We'll be talking about bikes, components, gear, upcoming events, coaching, and much, much more. Our goal is to connect women from across the globe and inspire folks to ride, regardless of age or skill level. We'll have guests from all over the world with all types of backgrounds and different riding styles. So get comfy and be inspired to ride. All right, everyone. Hey, welcome back. We are doing our last part for our um, bike park series, part four, um, which I think we're not sure we're going to name it. Maybe like leveling up on your mountain bike at a bike park or getting more advanced. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But um, <laughs> as you guys know, we've got Britt and Becca with us, the bike park pros. And um, I'm going to question pros. them today. I use that for um, myself. Pros. Pros. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are in my book. I mean, geez. I'm referencing that just to myself here. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've talked about a lot in these last three series, everything from the beginner, what you need to know and how to read a trail map to, you know, um, even suspension. We touched on a little bit trail etiquette, all the good stuff. So if you guys haven't seen any of those videos, I'm going to put a little link above so you can go and see that. And also below in the description, I'll have links for you to go back and watch some of those. But um, so today we're going to talk about getting more advanced. And I know that chest protectors are one and neck braces. We did discuss it. And again, for y'all listening, I'm going to put it on this side now. Um, go check that one out. But let's kind of just for a few minutes, you both wear chest protectors right when you're riding parks mm -hmm. yes uh i did and not have one when i started but now i do not ride without it if i'm at a park same yeah i remember becca saying that to me one time too did i just call you rebecca or did i call you becca <laughs> if you would have called me rebecca my like spidey senses would have tingled and i would have freaked out because i would have thought i was in trouble <laughs> so i don't think you said that's that. awesome <laughs> I don't think you said that, but who knows? Anyway. Um, yeah, I remember you and I, Becca, talking a while ago, and you say you don't really feel comfortable without one as well. So I'm sure yeah. it's the same for you, Britt. Um, yeah. Do either Once you wear you neck braces? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you feel that exactly. safety net, right? It's like that mm -hmm. protection on your body. Um, yeah. So let's touch a little bit on neck braces. We did touch on, I think, the last one. And remind me, neither you guys don't wear one, right? Mm -mm. The neck braces. No. Okay. And did you want to give a little context why you guys chose not to? Um, for me personally, uh, A, I'm not doing anything that I deem neck brace worthy quite yet. Um, like okay. I'm, I'm a more cautious downhill rider. Like I will 
right up to a feature 10 times before I try to hit it. And I will try to find the next smallest thing before I'll go to the bigger feature. Um, Makes sense. Like, I focus a lot on like progression. I'm not like a send it, you know, YOLO kind yeah. of writer. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't feel like I've needed one necessarily. Uh, and I also, there's a lot of debate out there on like, do they mm -hmm. help more than they hurt in some situations? Mm. Because a lot of people yeah. do break their collarbones if they have them on. So That's there's trade-offs right. like everything else. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Becca? I, no, I agree completely with what, with what Britt was saying. Um, my chest protector is a Liat, and I feel like Liat kind of has the market for neck braces in mountain biking. Um, I don't know that with 100% certainty, but I feel like they've, they kind of have the majority of the market from what I've seen. I've looked into them, but uh, again, like what Britt was saying, I don't think it really fits my needs right now. Um, I don't find myself going off of, I don't know, greater than 10 foot drops max. And, and I don't no find myself deal. doing pretty aggressive. I, I'm, I'm overestimating. I'm overestimating there, but I don't find myself doing a ton of like free ride type style where I'm just winging it off some <laughs> blind cliff. Like to me, and I know it's not this automatic jump, but to me, I associate neck braces with more of the riding ability when you're getting up there of like, not rampage yeah. style, but that's kind of like the highest level of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I, that's not, that's not how I ride, but I do know a lot of riders, racers that wear neck braces. Um, and, and yeah, there is always kind of like, it seems like there's this debate of, do they help? Do they hinder? And I'm not here to say or disprove e either of it. I think whatever you feel the most comfortable and confident in, no matter what type of terrain you're riding in, that's the, that's the most important thing because obviously yeah, a broken yeah. collarbone is going to be way better of an, of an outcome than say a possible mm -hmm. broken fracture oh, yeah. you know, in your neck. So I think it's really like, okay, if you find yourself going, uh, you know, further, you want to push yourself a bit further, you're doing some things that are more aggressive or bigger. Hey, if it makes you feel better, that's great. That's kind of how I'm with the cool. chest protector now. Anything that, yeah. that I take a lift up or requires yeah, more of you that. Yeah, you need a protection. I'm doing the chest protector. That's yeah, awesome. And we both wear Liat chest protectors. And I mm -hmm. strategically, at least for me, I chose that one because it is neck brace compatible because Liat yeah. does make, they, they take over, you know, the neck brace market. So yeah. I bought that one specifically thinking like, well, if I ever do decide to wear one, I won't have to use a different chest protector. Like it'll all integrate flawlessly. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Smart. That's really smart. I think I need to get one too. That's for the next episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe Becca and I will do like a, uh, uh, what do we call it, Becca? Like a pads and protection podcast yes. when you're here, like yes. a video when you're here next month. Yes. Um, so stay tuned for that, people. So, mm -hmm. okay, we're getting more advanced. We're on the trail. We're doing double black diamonds in my head. I am anyway. Um, <laughs> what happens, not if, but when I crash? Because it's going to happen, whether it's a bad crash or whatever. Like you're going to take a spill on the trail have you guys ever fallen when you're alone? Like just yourselves riding? I have not anything where I like broke a bone or anything, thankfully. Um, if I'm alone, I'm usually not gonna, you know, be doing stuff as crazy or pushing myself as hard. Um, and if I'm at a park, 
even if I'm by myself, I never necessarily feel like I'm alone because there's always going to be somebody mm-hmm. else coming down the trail like very shortly after me. Right. So that gives me like a little bit of a safety net. Um, but mm-hmm. if I'm riding like my local trails um, alone, I might not, you know, do something that's a little riskier just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And and what happens, like, what would you do, Britt, if you're, if you just crash, like, what's mm-hmm. the protocol? Do you, do you have to assess how busy the trail is? Or do you just take us through your process of like how you try to be cautious yeah, on so the trail? If, especially if I'm in a bike park and I crash, my number one concern is like, don't get more injured by staying in the trail if I'm able to get out of the trail on my own. Because people will come flying down really fast. They might not see me. Yeah. I might be on, you know, the backside of a jump or I might be in a berm or something and they can't see me that easily. So that's always like my number one instinct is to just like get back up as fast as I can. Um, and yeah. then I will like drag my bike off and then I'll do like my little self-assessment. Um, obviously, if I think I have like a spinal injury or something, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, I have not run into that situation. But yeah, my if it's like a pretty minor to like medium crash, you know, I'm immediately trying to get off the trail, pull my bike off, um, make yeah. sure that anybody behind me can see that I am there and that they're not going to hit me. Yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Becca, I know you unfortunately have your most recent one was tearing up your ACL on the trail. So what happened sure when was. you cried? Like, what do you, what's your process? So I, the, my, my process when I'm writing parks, um, I, if I, I've never attended a park by myself. Like if I'm doing a run, it might be just be a run by myself, but I've never like spent a day just on my own at a park. Um, that's, I think a conversation maybe more to be had about your skill level or, or always yeah. at least having some sort of safety net in place of like someone to check in with or, or something. But so I've done a couple of runs by myself at bike parks and I've been fine at those. And I've done rides at my local trails where I've had crashes. None have been um, more than like a, a scrape of this or that, but kind of more just like a, Oh, you know, get up, get yourself out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Very similar to what, um, what Britt was saying is you want to safely get yourself out of harm's way um, mm. quickly, you know, and, and obviously the first thing is your, your body's adrenaline is going to tell you that you're fine. Like off the bat. Yeah. So for usually, sure. Usually. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, 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 and for me, it's kind of a running joke that like, before I've even hit the ground, I'm saying like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> and you might not be fine. So mm-hmm. While it is important, I think, to ensure that you are getting off the trail, someone is giving a heads up to maybe other riders coming down, like, hey, heads up, rider down. Rider down is a great thing to yell out into the void, even if you don't know if someone's bombing down behind you or not. Right. Rider down. Um, get yourself Smart. off to the side of the trail. And if there is no one immediately around you, don't and people are, you know, eventually do come up to you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Even if you're not sure, Mm -hmm. everyone has found themselves not rubber side down. Everybody has, everyone that's ridden a bike park has found themselves in that scenario. And it's very important that we look out for our, for each other. So I think it's, it's important to ask for help, even if you're not sure what to do next. So, um, when would you say, that you know you need to call it quits for the day. So you've been riding and shredding and having an amazing time. 
say you kind of took a little tumble, but you feel okay and you want to keep pushing yourselves. Like at what point do you just like call it quits and like, okay, I'm done for the day. I need to, I need to relax and take a break, take a beat. For me, if I, if I have a crash that involves me hitting my head in any way, I usually call it quits. Um, I, yes, I, smart. I very much err on the side of caution with my brain. Um, and even, everyone should. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even like I pre-rode for a race um, about six weeks ago now, and I crashed during my practice run and I got really bad whiplash. And uh, one of my friends was there. She's a nurse. And I was like, give me a concussion assessment right now. Like, I need to know, like, you know, can I do this? Um, and it turned out I didn't have a concussion, but I did get whiplash. Um, so that was like an extreme scenario where because I had a race, I like did the one run and then I, I did not ride for weeks after that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. I've seen a lot of people crash at bike parks and the, the common thing for me is always like, did you get a concussion? Um, and some people are like, oh, you're so like worried about them. And I am, but I also, you know, have friends who have TBIs because of all the crashes they exactly without stopping. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how, what? Your brain is like the most important thing of your body yeah. next to your heart, in my opinion. How do you not take that serious? Like, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm big on helmet replacements, all that stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so <laughs> my question for Pekka now is, and I don't, I remember you telling me this, but I want you to tell everyone who's watching and or listening. When you tore up your ACL, and I've seen the video, and I wish we could play it here. I'm going to find a way to play it. You're going to send it to me again. And I think I have, I yeah. Know, I know you tried to tough it out, right? You mm-hmm. iced it. You went back. You, you, mm-hmm. You're you a nurse. You know exactly what to do in that instance. Um, but you pushed it, didn't you? A little bit? Tiny bit? I did. Come on. I did. No, I, I 100% did. And something that I have learned a lot in this, in what my recovery off season is how important it is to listen to your gut, not mm. listen to your heart. <laughs> because for me, yeah. my heart is always going to be like, get back out there and ride, get back out there and ride because that's all I want to yeah. do. You know, I want to ride. Right. And especially these injuries that aren't so black and white of saying like, okay, in this case, I did clearly did not hit my head. It was very um, low speed, all this stuff. So looking at it externally, it would just kind of be like, oh, okay, hop back up, carry on, whatever. Right. But I think it's so important to kind of, as you're progressing through bike parks and as your skills begin to develop, get a sense for your gut and your gut vibes, because it's really important to listen to that and not try to quiet that inner monologue. And there's one thing to be said of like, okay, push yourself a little bit outside of your comfort level when it comes to maybe tackling a skill that you've been practicing and practicing and practicing, not talking about that, but like when there's that little part of you that says you got to chill out and you don't listen to it, that's when something's going to come back and make it even worse. So in this and case, I think that's the hardest thing too. It is hard. It is hard. And it's something that I truly don't think I, I've learned how to really listen to until until this, this most oh, recent this, recovery. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I crashed, I felt this like instant, immediate, super sharp pain in my knee, and then it slowly went away. I stood up, my knee buckled, which you know, I'm like, well, that's not supposed to that's happen. That's the tell. I've heard that's the tell when you have yeah. like a and ACL I, thing. I tried to ride the next segment 
and I, I really couldn't. And that was like, okay, that's it. And I just took the fire road down and that was it. So it, it's important not to don't make it worse. Don't make it worse. Yeah, because then it's going to make it worse in the long run, recovery-wise, mm-hmm. and or surgery, and or all the myriad of things that come with it. So mm-hmm. that's really good advice from both of you. Like, listen to your gut. Yep, and especially like what Britt was saying, anything that is potentially involving your head, look at your helmet. Yeah. Is there is there exactly. any sort of damage, mm-hmm. dent, scrape, whatever? Those symptoms can take a long time to develop. Um, so adrenaline yeah. is, is designed to make you feel fine off the bat. Right. Take it easy. Right. It's better just to chill than to do something to make it, make it yeah. worse. That's exactly what I was going to say. You took it right out of my mouth. Be careful with brain injuries, with head injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I had my little spill about a month ago, I went down in a way to where when I went down, like I heard the little visor on my mm-hmm. helmet scrape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, crap, did I hit my head? Like, what just happened? And my helmet looked fine. Like nothing happened to it. It wasn't dented. It was just like on the inner part of it. But I freaked out for a second. I was like, did I hit my head? I didn't, thankfully. Um, but that's always a scary thing. Mm-hmm. So with that said, going into, you know, obviously, as you take it up a notch and you get more advanced, you're going to experience crashes. So it's a really good thing what you guys just what you said about how to deal with that. But so for people that want to start um, really taking it up a notch and they want to do a race, I have that goal in the future for myself just to do, to prove to myself that I could do it. Um, Britt, you're racing right now, right? You're doing some enduro races. So tell us a little bit about like how you got into it and, you know, is it as scary as it sounds? Like, because I'm a little intimidated <laughs> by some enduro stuff. <laughs> so I... I got into it because there's not a lot of women that ride downhill where I live. And I came across this community of women based out of Atlanta that all love the same kind of riding I do. And they're on a team. And so I started riding with them, meeting up with them. And now nice. I'm on that team and it's super fun. Yay. Um, but if you are worried about it being too hard or scary, I promise it's not. There is an amateur category for a reason. <laughs> so all right. Yeah. And I know at least like the series that I did last year and I'm doing this year is downhill Southeast. So it's all mm-hmm. of the East coast. I haven't done all the races this year because I've spent a lot of money lately, but uh, basically <laughs> there there's a beginner women category. Um, you can do it with a dual crown bike, like a downhill bike or a single crown bike. And okay. if you race in the amateur beginner category, they are not on the same course as the pro riders. So mm-hmm. you're not okay. doing like the crazy mandatory gaps, like none of that. There's always going to be a ride around. And so anyone can do it. Nope. Um, to me, the scariest part was just the start because it's an individual start. You're on a start gate, which feels yeah. really scary if you've never done one because it feels uh-huh. so official. Yep. legit, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's going to be here. Like, <laughs> Because I was going to say, what's intimidating? The fact that it's steep right off the bat or that it's just official? But like you're saying, it's because it's like an official race. Yeah, like you've got the timer that you can see. It starts beeping and the beeps get faster and you have to go. And it's, yeah. And you're worried (laughs) about like, is the person behind me going to catch me? You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. They they stagger you. Usually it's a 30 second gap. So on a downhill course, it's pretty rare, you know, if you're going to get past or past somebody. 
building on what Britt was saying, there's there's a ton of resources out there if you're thinking about getting into racing. And I mean, yes. anyone that's listening, watching, you can reach out to any of us here. Like, I will help you find the resources. Um, I know Britt, Mia, we, we, we can all help you. A lot of bike parks um, have like a weekly race night, like kind of a chill, mm -hmm. unofficial, you're not really, you know, racing for big prizes or something they have um just kind of small stuff so that might be a fun way for people to to give it a shot just see how it feels see what what you think about it but um i know a lot of women that have gotten into it recently i think it's awesome and mm -hmm. also i think there's a lot more clinics popping up run by both mm -hmm you know, unisex male, female clinics, but I know there's mm -hmm. a lot more women clinics doing like draw clinics and racing mm -hmm. clinics. So, um, what we're going to do is also put this information on our website within the series of like, here's some resources where you guys can reach out, um, to people about these types of questions. Cause I don't know about you all, but I, I, I mean, you guys were saying, I think we talked offline where you're both saying that you've taken drop clinics before for mm -hmm. marks, right? Like you found yeah. that super beneficial, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing for me with taking a clinic when it comes to downhill is that I need the repetitiveness and I need to be able to like lock the skill in, in a controlled yeah. environment so that I can apply it to different trails or drops that might have a slightly different entrance or exit, you know? Because right. mm -hmm. we're all going to be a little different. And so having that very fundamental understanding of what you're doing, especially with jumps, because I love to jump. Um, but mm -hmm. getting like the jump timing down takes a long time. It's something that you really probably are better off having somebody that can like film you and give you instant feedback and instruct mm -hmm. you right. and like, you know, explain it in a way that works for you. Because if you just go out there and try to figure it out on your own, it might not end well. Um, because those are and kind of yeah. things. Yeah, sorry. And you can also pick up bad habits too, right? And that's yes. kind of difficult to unlearn some bad habits oh. as we've found out and from I talking think, to our coaches. I think that's something that I've been working through now for a while. Um, you know, and, and before we started recording, Britt and I found out that we we've taken clinics through some of the same organizations. So we've both taken a mm -hmm. clinic through uh Kathy at Dirt Rock and Root. And there's there's a ton of stuff out there that um that that's available it's just it's almost like i didn't know this was an option until i began to find them but mm -hmm. for me you know i've been riding bikes mountain biking for 12 or so years but then downhill only in the most recent like year and a half two years i had i do still have to unlearn some i don't want to call them bad habits but habits that are not the same skills you want to focus on when it comes to jumps. And, and I love, I really, really wanted to learn how to, how to jump and how to do drops. And I would be at my local trails sessioning some of these spots over and over and over and over again. And, and that's a great way to practice. Yes. Like session practice. Right. But if, if I don't even know what I'm doing right versus doing wrong, mm -hmm. I had no way to know what felt like, was that good? Was that bad? Am I clearing this? Am I whatever? Yeah, see, it was yeah. such, it, it made such a difference getting that. And I think it, it's the instant feedback, what you yes. guys are saying too. Like, cause yes. when you do the clinic, it's that instant feedback. Someone's looking at you and saying how to adjust it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think even if you're experienced, it's still really good to always refresh oh, and get huge. a refresher. Absolutely. I think that's totally what's missing for me is doing that i was bummed i missed the sedona mountain bike academy's drop clinic last month or earlier this month 
but they'll have another one and we can hopefully do something with them when we're in Sedona next time. Britt, yeah. you're going to have to come the next time the Mountain Bike Festival <laughs> comes. Like, I, you're going to be there. I know. It's yeah. our little crew now. You're yes. part of the crew. It's the three yeah. of us. Like, you're going to have to come. Well, and I think um, when we were talking to um, to Ammo about, you know, the clinics that she runs out in Sedona, about how there is always something to learn. So even yeah. feeling like, you know, okay, I've got this down, I, I've got this, whatever, but I think continuing to have the option to take clinics, to, to take a lesson, yeah. work with other women, get that direct feedback. There's always a way to apply it to your writing. Always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And teaching is so hard that I really admire all these people that are coaches because it, it's, it's hard to do and you need mm -hmm. to have patience <laughs> to mm -hmm. teach people stuff. Yeah. Um, Okay. So clinics, private lessons, those are really, really good advice. And I guess that is the level up, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're getting really comfortable with bikes. You have to, you want to learn how to jump. You want to learn how to do other things. Clinics, private lessons. Those are all really good things to do. Make sure you have the protective gear that you need. Learn how to treat yourself if you crash, which will happen. I'm sorry, everyone listening, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're going to crash at some point, good or bad. It's going to happen mm -hmm. if you haven't already. <laughs> and I think it's um, important to, um, I think it's important to remember, this is something that I have struggled with for a while. Last year, I really pushed myself pretty hard in terms of expanding my skills. And sometimes maybe I was pushing myself further than I should have. So this was kind of me finding out of like how to listen to my inner monologue, how to listen to my gut versus, okay, pushing myself to try new things. I did crash a lot, you know, and I was okay with that, but it's difficult when you kind of get feedback from people that, oh, you crash too much or you, you, you know, Ugh. why are you doing this when you do that? I just want to like put it out there that if you can take even one thing away from every single crash or every single, what you call like a negative experience on the bike or, Oh my God, that was so horrible. I did terrible on that run. Right. Taking at least one thing away from that, then it's worth it. You know, not that I want anybody to crash or that I want anyone to endure that, but crashing does not make you a bad rider. No. And it's how no. you learn. And, you know, people need to just keep their opinions to yourself because mm -hmm. it's really annoying that it's, it's like this judgmental factor of, well, you crash a lot. So you, you must not know what you're doing. It's like, no, mm -hmm. that's not it. That's just me trying something new and learning next mm -hmm, time I'm right? not going to crash next time I washed out or there was a route that I didn't see, or there was kitty litter and my back tire. Like there's so many variables right. yeah. with all mm -hmm. this stuff that if someone is criticizing you out on the trail and being a jerk, just that's not the person you should be riding with. I'm right. just going to say it. This is my or personal just, opinion. Or even just like self, you, you know, need... that, that self-criticism. Like I, I was always, and, and I still fine. something that I struggle with is like comparing myself to other riders or, being too critical of myself, crashing too much or this or that. But you know, it's okay. that happens in life regardless. That happens mm -hmm. in life with everything you do. I'm going through that personally, you know that Becca with a bunch of other things. Like it's tough to self-reflect and stop and be like, you can't compare yourself with other people. You're on completely mm -hmm. different paths than other people. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, some people are just starting to learn a ride. Some people have been riding for 10, 15 years and they're still mm -hmm. crashing and they're still learning. So right. you gotta just remember yes be empathetic but also you are doing what you love and when you mm -hmm. crash that's okay just like you guys said there's nothing wrong yeah. with it 
Yeah. But the main thing is that you're having a good time and you're picking yourself up and you're pushing yourself to keep going. Like right. that's really it. And surround mm -hmm. yourself with people that are going to help you and fill you up, pull you, pull you up. I can't talk now because I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> well, right. And just, and, and use and, and be, be that same advocate for yourself, you know, like exactly. it's, it's, it's so easy to be critical of yourself and say, Oh my God, I, I, I'm, da, 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 you know, crashing or I'm bad or I'm this. No, no. It, it, yeah. Crashing is not a reflection of your inability or, or to ride. It means that you're trying and that you're mm -hmm. learning and that you're growing. So that is something that I just 100%. want to use, like to encourage anyone out there. It, it's okay to crash. It's okay. hundred yeah. percent. And I'm mm -hmm. actually sitting here thinking like, I almost get nervous when I don't crash because I feel like I'm staying too safe or I'm not pushing myself as hard. Oh, like, I need to like do, you know, not that I want to crash, but if I go a long time without crashing, I start thinking like, am I playing it really safe right now? Like, could I be doing more? Like what else can mm -hmm. I try to, can I try to That's do this a great bigger point. feature? Wow. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. kind of myself in staying too safe sometimes. Like I know I just talked mm -hmm. about how I'm a very slow progressive rider but I also like wish I had more of that fearlessness, you know, to just try things more often and mm -hmm. crash because that's part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that balance, right? I had never mm -hmm. thought about it like that, that's but you know, point. sometimes another thing could be that maybe someone feels like they're invincible. So they're going to keep doing it. They're going to, and then one time mm -hmm. they're going to just really take themselves out. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to, to think back and be like, no, I'm doing at my comfort level and yeah. I am succeeding. So just try and stay there instead of pushing mm -hmm. yourself too much to then. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it like that, but you're doing great, Britt. You have a race <laughs> yeah. coming up. You're going to, you're going to kick some butt. Yes. You're going to do really well. We're yeah. going to post some stuff from Britt's race. You guys yeah. cheer on for her as she's doing it. Are yeah. you, what category are you in Britt? Oh, I race cat two, three it's combined. Um, so it's, what does that mean? I have so no clue what that means. In cycling rules, Cat 3 is the beginner category for mountain biking. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So um, they lump Cat 2 and 3 together. Cat 1 races on the more advanced track that the pros race on, but their times are separated out from the pros. Um, mm -hmm. But 2 and 3 women is where the party's at. We're all out there having a blast and supporting Thank each you. other. And Yay. we ride together and make a whole weekend out of it. That's so good. Oh, we need to come out there and do something out mm -hmm. there with you. It's fun. I think another oh, really great so way um, to learn or or to like a, when you're on your learning journey, trying a new trail or repeating the same trail. I know a lot of people do this, especially with racing, is recording your time out there, right? So if mm -hmm. you have a GoPro or some sort yes. of whatever you want to, you know, use, record your rides, record your rides. Yeah. It gives you a chance to go back and look and say, oh, wow, I'm going to try it this way this next time or or whatever, because you miss a lot and things happen so quickly when you're yeah, out yeah. there. So it's like if you crash or you wash out here or there, it's difficult to remember kind of what happened mm -hmm. leading up to that. So I think yeah. recording yourself as much as possible, having someone else that can record you, especially mm -hmm. when you're trying to take on new features, new components. Um definitely something to to do that being said that i want to mention this and i know we mentioned this before if you are utilizing a gopro or or some device oh, on yeah. a chest mounted 
harness. So, you know, the GoPro that is mounted onto whatever that's that's on your chest. The chesty? Yes, yeah. the chesty. Make sure that you are wearing a chest protector if that is how you're going to be recording. Because that can be very, mm -hmm. very, very dangerous if you were to crash. That is a camera to mm -hmm. your sternum. Break your ribs. Do not do that. Well, so, and something worse. to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about in our chest protector video, which again, I will link up for y'all up top. Um, uh, Meg and Kelly had that friend that she had like a collapsed mm -hmm. liver or something, right? Mm -hmm. Or something. Wow. It was gnarly. Like this poor girl had such a bad accident and she wasn't wearing a chest protector um, where her chesty was with her GoPro. And yeah. she suffered a lot of internal injuries mm -hmm. because yeah. of it. Um, right. and that's scared the crap out of me from his car keys in his pocket during a crash and those are not really? anywhere near yeah. as big as a <laughs> that's a good that's a really good point though in general just making sure that you're aware because I, I have got a great picture i have my big <laughs> huge iphone and i had it in my pocket and i crashed oh, and my <laughs> my phone was one. curved and it was like it, it like fit the shape of my thigh and it, it almost looked like a like a roller went over it. Wow. And um, so be aware of what's in your pocket. <laughs> be, be, aware. <laughs> be aware of like, yes, like, you know, the chest protector component of it with, with a GoPro or whatever's on your, on the chest seat. But then also be aware where, where are your keys, my phone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this I is learned crazy a lot with that. keys. Like I don't have keys. Yeah. Thankfully my car doesn't require one. But that's like, I, I don't, I hate keys in my pockets. I was at mm -hmm. work today. I was at my office and I need a little key fob to like get in and out. So it's just a tiny little circle thing. And I hated that in my pocket the whole time. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Um, you ladies are amazing. Thanks for everyone for sticking around and listening to these two awesome pros. Give us some tips and advice on how to be safe pros. out there on the trails when you're pros. leveling up. You know what? I'm redefining <laughs> pros. Okay. I don't even know what the definition of it is, but we're making it up. It's people that have an amazing time on the bike and that do it with unapologetically being yourself. And that's what you guys do. So I that's love it. That's the goal. That's um, the goal. Uh, like Becca and Britt was saying earlier, we're going to put all the information on the descriptions below. We're going to have tags up for all the other videos we've done so far. Thank you both so much. I'm looking forward to the next series we're going to put out we don't know what it is yet but we're going to do something else again so um much. and yes. also we are going to drop a review that Britt did of jared's place hopefully in the next week so stick around for that too she's got some really good footage that we're putting together she did a little write-up for us we've got some photos it's gonna be awesome um so yeah thank you guys if there's any closing statements anything you you want to say to writers out there now's your time get out there and try a park we always want more women out there it's a lot of fun yeah yes yeah get out there and give it a shot my first time there i was on a cross-country bike with a half-lid helmet oh, clipping pedals no idea what i was Good doing for you. but i felt welcome and i found my place and i fell in love with it so get yourself and out you there fun. exactly you have just as much of a right to be there as anybody else so give it a shot yeah yeah, and, and because women are still in the minority at parks, I can guarantee you, like, if I see a woman at a park, I am talking to her. I'm getting her name. I'm going to do a lap <laughs> oh, yeah. her. I don't care if I'm going to Oh, yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. 
Let's go, girls. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies, you're both awesome. Thank you again for taking the time to do this. Uh, Really, really appreciate it. Have a great night. And I'm sure we're going to talk in the next day or so. Awesome. Thank you. See you guys. Bye.